Good evening, everyone. Hope all of you are doing well. Uh, tonight's daf is Maseches Beitza Daf Yud Beis. I just wanted to share with you some of my thinking for the coming days. I wanted to do more than a blot today, but as you can see, the Amud Beis is not small. Um, so today we're just going to be learning one blot. Uh, the game plan is like this. Tomorrow, near Tashem, we'll learn two blot. Each of them are medium-sized blot. They're not, not crazy. We'll probably stop at the Mishnah toward the bottom of Yudala. Um, I am okay if you are okay doing a short, quick blot on Yom Kippur. Share your feedback as you see fit. Um, and if not, then we will just do a blot and a half every day until we catch up. At night or day? No, no, no. Oh, uh, during the day. During the day. Like right after, yeah, like right after Musaf, we'll just sit down, we'll learn a blot. I, I won't be tired at that point. I will. So, yes, I will be. I will be. So, so, so we, we could do that, or we could just uh, do a blot and a half chipping away every day. But the problem is that the day after Yom Kippur is a Thursday, which is blot and a half anyways, and Shabbos is blot and a half, so we're pushing far into Yom Kippur is Oh, it's Friday. Oh, okay, no. Yom Kippur is Wednesday, no? No. Yom Kippur is Thursday. Oh, so it's not as bad as I thought. Okay, fine. Let's skip Thursday. About what time would it be on Yom Kippur? Two. I don't know. That's whatever. here. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. Yeah. We'll make a time that's convenient. Or whatever time must have's over. <laughs> okay, um, I'll take all of your feedback later, not now. Let's get started. We're right now at a fresh Mishnah on the top of Yud Beis Amidala. Uh, this first Amud is a big Shah Sugya, um, a very well-known Shah Sugya on two fronts. And then the Amud Beis is uh, not a Shah Sugya. Uh, it is a uh, comparative analysis between two sources in Tanaim, which we will uh, which we will get through. And we'll be stopping two lines from the bottom. Let's get started. There's a machlokas as we've been learning throughout the entire first parak. We started with our first Mishnah and moved through a number of Mishnayas with machlokos between Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel. Here is another one. Beis Shammai Omrim Ein Motzi and Lois Akata and Lois Alula Lois Sefer Torah, the Rishus Harabim, Beis Hillel Matirin. The Danyantif, Beis Shammai forbids one from carrying a child or a Lulav or a Sefer Torah into the Rishus Harabim. Now, all of these things are, it's not like Stam carrying. They all seem to have a particular agenda, right? We're not, it's not, it's not, it's not like picking up a rock, which the Gemara will discuss. So these things seem to be uh, things that in theory could have been mutter, but Beishamai says they're not mutter. Why does he say that? That's what the Gemara is going to debate. Ubez Hillel Matir. And he says that all of those things are mutter to carry. So says the Gemara as follows, bringing a, um, uh, an, a slightly unrelated topic, but we'll see the connection momentarily. Five lines down, Yud Beis Medalev. Tani Tana, Barabdimi. Someone taught a Mishnah or, or a Brisa in front of Rav Yitzchak Barabdimi. Here's what the Mishnah said. That if a person does shrita on a korban that is voluntary, then they are going to be chayv malkos. That is an iser deoraisa. I what happened to all of the korbanos that we brought that day, right? We had chiyuvim of the day. So it seems from this brisa that only that which is rigidly required by the day is allowed to be done. But had there been an act, an action that was done that really wasn't integral to the day, we would have said that that's forbidden. So uh, we'll let, then the Gemara says, Rabbi Yitzchak Barabdimi says back to the person who presented this brisa, Amar Le, do Amar Lachmani, whose opinion are you quoting? It sounds like the opinion of Beishamayhi. Why? What does Beishamay hold? Says the Gemara, and this is a well-known machlokes in Shas, De Amre, they hold, Beishamay holds, Lo Amrinan, we do not say the following. 
that we do not say that because we allow carrying uh, when there is a need on Yontif, we therefore allow carrying under all circumstances. So that is what Beishamah holds, that we do not make that assertion. De'i Beis Hillel, had it been that this b'risa, which indicates that shechting and olas nadava would be chayav malkos, if that were to have been Beis Hillel, that's, that can't be, because ha'amre, they hold, mitoch shehotra hotza letzorech, hotra nami shelolatzorech, because when it comes to carrying, they're very lenient, and ha'chanami, here, by the case of uh, of the olas uh, nadava, because you're allowed to bring the korban tamid on that day and the korbanos of the day, whatever the other korbanos musaf of that day, there, so too, so the Gemara presents this machlokes uh, in the case of hashochet olas nadava to be similar uh, to the larger machlokes of whether or not we have an expansive set of leniencies on Yantif. We know, of course, that malechas ochel nefesh, ach asher yeechel ochel nefesh, uh, that we know that uh, the Malachas Ochel Nefesh are Mutter on Yontif and they are Asr on Shabbos, Machlokas and Rishonim, and in the postgame, even even in Shulchan Aruch, how far do we go? Is it Milisha Ve'elach in regards to the Malachas? That's its own discussion about what which Malachas are Mutter and, and which Malachas are not Mutter. But the Gemara presents that this Brisa about Hashochi. Olas Nadava Biyomtov, that it has to be that it's according to Beishamai because Beishelo would not agree with that. And it's implying that it that this comes from our Mishnah. Because our Mishnah, let's look back now. Now that we've learned how Rav Yitzchak Bar Abdimi analyzed the Bryce of Hashochet Olas Nadava Biyomtov Loke, now we can see that our Mishnah is in fact his answer. What does our Mishnah say? It says that Beishamai has a limited scope of what's allowed on Yom Tov, and Beishelel has an expansive scope. And he's assuming, Rav Yitzchak Bar Abdimi, that this is the Machlokas, this is the source, our Mishnah, that according to Beishelel, because the Torah allows under certain circumstances for certain Malachos to be done, on Yom Tov, so too even Malachos, which are not essential to the day, can be done, and um, that's Beis Hillel, and Beis Shammai would be the Machmir. So says the Gemara, almost halfway down, Maskifla Raba. Raba asks uh, and says, "Hold on one second. Mimai de Beis Shammai u Beis Hillel How do we know that Beis Hillel and Beis Shammai are having this very large conversation about Mitoch Shehutra LeTzorech?" or not. How do we know that? Dilma, perhaps, maybe in our Mishnah, they're really only discussing the narrow topic of Eru Vehotza. Because look at the topic of our Mishnah. You can't carry things. So maybe we're not talking about Malacha at large. Maybe all we're talking about is whether or not there's an Isra of Hotza in regards to Yom Tov, says the Gemara halfway down on Yud Beis Medal of Dilma, perhaps, maybe they're just arguing about the applicability of an Eruv as it relates to Yom Tov. According to the Tanakama, according to Beis Shammai, he'll say that just like by Shabbos there's an Isser of carrying, so too by Yom Tov, and therefore the prohibitions within our Mishnah of Ein Motzi and Loas Akatan Loas and Lulav Loas Sefer Torah. However, Umar Sabar Beis Hillel would say no. Eruv Hotzal the Shabbos, I agree. The Ein Eruv Hotzal Yom Tov, but there is no Isser of carrying on Yom Tov, and of course we paskin that way. We paskin that it's perfectly mutter to carry on Yom. Tov, irrelevant of how one normally holds in regards to Shabbos. When we learned Masech HaShabbos, we spoke about the two 
major directions of Eruv. Uh, and one of them is that we uh, we are allowed to rely on the types of Eruvin that we have here in Chicago. And the other sheet says that we are not allowed to rely on them for reasons not for now. But here the Gemara says, maybe, maybe Rav Yitzchak Bar Abdimi, maybe you've taken too large of a look at our Mishnah. Maybe our Mishnah is not talking about this expansive Maybe it's not about the heter of malacha at large. It's only about one sogyo, one malacha, about whether or not we hold that there is an eruv by whether or not there's eruv hotzah on Yom Tov. Kiddushiv, as the pasuk writes, below sotziu masami batechem yom shabbos b'shabbos in b'yom tov lo. So that that's what the Gemara says is that maybe Rav Yitzchak Bar Abdimi is wrong. Maybe the machlokas is not about mitoch shehutra l'torah chutra nami about malacha in general. Maybe it's only talking about hotza. And honestly, that's really what this mission at the top of the page seems to be discussing because it says ein motzian. It seems to only be discussing that. So it says the Gemara, and this is a little bit of strange form for the Gemara. The Gemara answers the maskif with a maskif. It's, uh, we, people joke it's the classic Jewish move, but in the Gemara, we don't normally see this maskifla X, and then the Gemara gives an answer. But here, the maskifla is responded with another maskifla. We're three-fourths of the way down or so, and the Gemara responds to this recommendation. You want to say, Rabba, that maybe the machlokas is our, in our Mishnah is only talking about Eru Vehotzah, where Beis Shammai says that just like by Shabbos you can't carry, so too. By Yom Tov, therefore we have restrictions in our Mishnah. Beis Hillel does not say that. Maskeflor of Yosef, Rav Yosef says back to Rabbi, they lived at the same time. Elameata, if you're correct that all that we're talking about is carrying, lift Laguba Avonim. If all we're talking about is carrying, pick innocuous uh, samples in the Mishnah. Why are you picking these strange, uh, otherwise strange things, carrying a child and a, a Sefer Torah and a Lulav? Just say you can't carry anything. If, if that's what we're talking about, is that you're not allowed to carry it all, or you are, if it's only about Hotzah, so then what about Avanim? Just give a, give one sample of a simple thing of not carrying a rock on Shabbos. But because we see that this Mishnah at the top of our Amud is not discussing stones, it's discussing very specific chiseled out cases, we therefore can assume that it's not talking about what Rabbah suggested, that the machlokas between Beshama and Beshelel and our Mishnah is not about Eru Vehotzah, but it's about something larger, we're talking about namely, that we know that Hotzah is otherwise allowed for, for things that you need. What about things that you might not need? And on that, we have our machlokas. So that's what the Gemara concludes, is that if we look back at our Mishnah, our Mishnah is not discussing the narrow question of whether or not there's an Eruv Hotzah, whether or not we have, whether or not we're allowed to carry on Yom Tov, but rather the larger question of if at times we have a heter, if at times we have a leniency, can we therefore expand that to a time when we're doing an action that really isn't integral to the day? And with that, we paskin like Beisela leniently, that yes, but there is no machlokas about Eruv Hotzah on uh, on Yom Tov. Everyone agrees, seemingly that way, seems that from our Gemara that way, not speaking in Psach, but it seems from our Gemara that even Beis Shammai would agree that you're allowed to carry on Yom Tov. Now the Gemara says, According to Beis Shammai. No, no. Yeah, well, Beis Shammai holds that Bishamah does not hold of the principle of mitov shoshvah So you would say you can only do these activities if it's necessary, correct? 
Correct. But it wouldn't only be carrying, it would be anything, shechita, whatever. Correct. And now, uh, now that we've uh, posited and concluded that that's really what our Gemara is talking about, the Afra of Yochanan, eight lines from the bottom, the Afra of Yochanan Savar, he agrees as well that Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel are having not the narrow machlokas about Eru Ve'otzah, but the larger machlokas about doing a malacha that is mutter when it's integral. Is it also mutter when it's not integral? That's where we see the split Beis Shammai Beis Hillel. And Rav Yochanan agrees that this is the machlokas. Where do we see this? In a very unique case. There was a, a Tana, there was a Brisa that was taught in front of Rav Yochanan. Here's the Brisa, four lines from the bottom, here's an example of what not to do if you're trying to be a from Jew. Okay? If you cook Gid Hanashe, which is an Isser Doraisa to eat, and you cooked it in milk, and you did it on Yatif, and you ate it, very bad start to the year. If you did all of that, you get five separate sets of lashes. Let's see, what are they? There's an Isra to cook it, right? You're not allowed to cook the Gidanosha. And you ate it. That was also not a good idea. We know the Torah says three times. One is to teach us the Isra of cooking it together. One is to teach us the Isra Hana. And one is to teach us the Isra of eating it. So says the Gemara here that this is one of them. As we turn to the top of Yudbez and Mubez, Mishum Havara. And here the Gemara say, it says we're going to be Chai for Havara. So Amar Le, what does Rav Yochanan say back to them? You've made a mistake. You've made a mistake. You're not going to be Chayiv on Havara and on Bishal, on Yontif. You're just going to be chayv on one. He says, poke tani livra. Go teach your Mishnah outside. Can you just please get out of the base medrash? Havara ubishal ena Mishnah. What does that line mean? Take a look at Rashi. The second line of Rashi, we're on Yud Beis and Beis. Havara is lighting a fire. So the lighting of the fire in order to cook that food, the giranasha that you cooked. So says the Gemara, uh, says Rashi on the second line, Havara Ubishal, the lighting of the fire and the cooking. Rashi says, Havara Ubishal de Yom Tov, Eno Mishnah, Lilko Salehem. You're not going to get lashes on those. Demitoch Shehutru Litzorech, Hutrunami, Shelol Litzorech, Mina Torah, that on a Torah level, any of the malachos that are part of the cooking process, anything that's part of the Torah Achila, that's not going to be an Isir Doraisa. So, that's got to be the opinion of Beis Hillel. The Imtim Salomar Mishnah. And if you are going to say that someone is actually going to be willing to teach that both the fire and the cooking are separate Isurim, who must that be? It must be Beis Shamayi, the Amre, who they hold. They do not hold that Malachos um, that are not integral to the day would be permissible. So uh, that's how Rav Yochanan spins this brysa. He says, this brysa doesn't make any sense. And even if you want it to make sense, it would have only made sense if it was Beis Shammai. And therefore we see that he holds that Beis Shammai holds mitoch shehutra letzorach, that Beis Shammai does not hold of mitoch shehutra letzorach, letzorach, and Beis Hillel does. And hachanami here in our case as well, lo amrinan mitoch shehutra havara letzorach, hutra nami letzorach. Because had it been that this brisa was Beisilal about the five Malkos, had it been that in general Beisilal would have allowed for Malachos that are not integral to be done, 
provided that they were allowed to be done when it was integral, then hachanami here too, mitoch shosh havara l'tzorch, hotranami shelo l'tzorch. This b'risa only works according to Beishamai. The b'risa about cooking the gid anosha in milk, on yom tov, and eating it, that b'risa only works according to Beishamai. And therefore, we see that Rav Yochanan understood that the machlokas Beishamai Hillel was not a one about Eruv but rather was whether or not we hold of the principle of mitoch shehutra l'tzorch, hotranami shelo l'tzorch, that because at times on Yom Tov we're allowed to do Malacha X, whatever it is. Therefore, because we have a heter to do it ever on Yom Tov, therefore, even if we do it in a way that isn't integral to the day, it would therefore be mutter. And therefore, Rav Yochanan agrees to our approach that we established on the Amr Aleph. So let's just conclude. If we looked back at our Mishnah on the top of Yudbeis Amr Aleph, the Mishnah speaks about a machlokas, Beis Shammai, Beis Hillel, about whether or not you can carry Esa Katan and the Lulav and a Sefer Torah, Rishus Harabim, on Yom Tov, machlokas, Beis Shammai, Beis Hillel. And the Gemara concludes twice over that the machlokas is about whether or not we hold of Hutra Litzorah, Hutra Nami Shalolitzorah. Beis Shammai is the Machmir, Beis Hillel is the Mekel. We do Paskin Lakula, but there are some unique applications about that. Uh, some of the famous ones, uh, for example, is like, this is an application of, but showering and Yom Tov is always an interesting shaila. Uh, so the reason why is because even though there should be no malacha of the bishel of the water, because but we have an added caveat of uh, it has to be nefesh. So back in the day, people did not shower every day. We are mifunakim. I don't. I, I shower every other day. We are mifunakim, and that's still much more than it was back in the day. You know. So here, that's the shilas. Whether or not it's shavalachol nefesh. So the where this really comes up in the post game is smoking on anyantif. That's a really big shilas. Should be mutter. Uh, it's bishol or whatever. It's havar or whatever it is. But but the problem is it's not shavalachol nefesh because it might be usher to smoke according to the igras Moshe. Some chuvas about it. So these are real shilas in the post game. Um, it's uh, much less complicated to take a shower on Yantif than it is to smoke anything on Yantif. Uh, that is a, a big, big, big shaila in halacha. Uh, bishul, bishul. It's cooking. Even if your shower is only 100 degrees, but you're drawing hot water out of the tank, so it's uh, putting in cold water, it's going to cook no matter what. Yeah, you also can't have the waterless, uh, the tankless waters. That's very... Those are much more, those are their own shilas. Way more way difficult. Up to 140 degrees and you happen to fall in. <laughs> right. With with shampoo in your hair. No, you can't fully date, remember? Right, I remember. I, I, I'm more curious if you remember than if I remember. You've only made a hundred references to swimming on. It's only not I remember. I don't even know where it is. I'm so glad you reminded me. I said you're incorrect. <laughs> Yud Beis and Beis. I'm often incorrect. We're ten lines down at a new Mishnah. Yud Beis and Beis. Beishamai Omrim ain molichin chala matanas the coin biyomto. One is allowed to be mafresh chala and yomto. Rashi discusses this. One is allowed to be mafresh from animals that they shecht. Any of the twenty-four, the kafdalit matanos that a regular person can give a Kohen, you're allowed to separate those on Yom Tov in general. But Beishamai says, you're not allowed to bring them to the Kohen on Yom Tov. If, if, uh, whether or not they were uh, separated last night, or if they were separated today. Okay, now let's see what the dialogue is about this. Beishamai says, I have a Gzei Shava for you. What kind of Gzei Shava is this? The, the Mishnah doesn't quote any Pesukim. So take a look at Rashi. 
Rashi in the Mishnah, just to our left, about a quarter of the way down, Rashi says, This is not a real gazur. Our whole Mishnah is only dealing on the plane of that which is Dirabana. So what is the whole language of Gzereshava? This morning in Rabbi Shmuel, we probably all read it. Gzereshava is one of the Yud Gimel Midos and and you can learn Dine Deoraisa from Gzereshava. So what is this uh, poetic license that our Mishnah is taking here to call it a uh, to call it a Gzereshava? So Rashi says, It's so clear in the context of our Mishnah that we're dealing with Dine Deoraisa that you can even take the poetic license of referring to it as a Gzereshava, even though there are no Psukim, it's just obvious. It's just taking a little bit of, uh, of freedom of speech here in order to, to make a point. Anyways, what was uh, Beis Shammai's approach? What was he talking about with this Gzereshava? So Amru Lahem Beis Shammai Gzereshava, he says, I have the following logic for you. Chala umatanos matanolakohen, we know that one is obligated to give chala, and the kafdalid matanos, the 24 uh, gifts that one can give from animals to a coin, and also as well the truma matanolakohen. We also know that when one has produce, that they have to give truma to the coin. Now here's Beis Shammai's svara. Kishem she'en molichen truma. Just like on uh, just like on Yom Tov, one is not allowed to bring truma to a kohen. So too, kach ein molichen matanos. So too, one cannot bring over the kafdal matanos and the chala by extension. That we cannot bring over any of those. So that's the svara that Beis Shammai employs. Comes along Beis Hillel and says, "I don't know what you're talking about." Amrula lahem Beis Hillel. Lo, that's not a svara at all. Because think, look at this distinction. The Gemara is. This Mishnah is so clear, it's so hard to understand Beis Shammai. What is uh, Beis Hillel's argument? When it comes to Truma, it's usher, it's usher to give Truma on Yantif. Of course you can't give that to a Kohen on Yantif. You're going to compare that Tomru, you're going to say the Matano Shezakai Baharamasa. You're going to say in a case where you are allowed to separate Chala and Matanos and give them to a Kohen. There's no comparison. There's zero comparison between the world of Truma, which granted goes to a Kohen, and on the other side, Chala and the, mat, the mat, Matnas Kihuna. Why is there no comparison? Because Truma is usher to separate on Yantif, and therefore, of course, you can't give that to a Kohen. So Beishama is saying, oh, you can't give the Truma to a Kohen, and therefore you can't give the Chala. What are you comparing? That's a terrible comparison. You're, it's usher to give the Truma because you can't be mafresh the Truma, but it's mutter to be mafresh the Chala and the, the Matnas Kihuna. So zero comparison, and that brings us to the end of the mission. Now, Kasal Kadaitach, we're going to make a comparison between this and another very lengthy brisa, which is just below in this, in this uh, middle, uh, middle third of the Gemara, actually the bottom half of the Gemara, I should say. So the Gemara here first presents our Havamina in the Mishnah, Kasal Kadaitach. Of course, we always know that Kasal Kadaitach is like teeing up an answer in order to knock it down. But what is our Havamina? Kasal Kadaitach, what we're thinking at this point is Shehurmu Mehayom, Vishanishratu Mehayom. Even though the Mishnah doesn't use both languages of Hormu and Nishratu, it only uses the language of Hormu. If you look back at the second line of the Mishnah, we saw that Beishamai was strict about giving Chala and Matnos, matnos Kihuna to a Kohen Anyantif, and his language was Bain Shehurmu Me'emesh, Bain Shehurmu Mehayom, whether or not you separated it today or yesterday. Now, our assumption is that really Beishamai meant not only that, but also the shechita of said animal. Um, so let's now, with that assumption, compare and contrast our Mishnah to the following brisa. Mani, mani masni, masnisen. 
who is the author of our Mishnah as we compare it to the following Brisa. The following Brisa includes in it Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda, and Acherim. Says the Gemara, Lo Rabbi Yossi, Lo Rabbi Yehuda, Ela Acherim. It must be that it's not like Rabbi Yossi, it's not like Rabbi Yehuda, and it's not like Acherim. Now, let's see the Brisa that depicts all three of their shitas. But we're on the first long line, Yud Beis and Beis, halfway down. We're going to be going to the second to last line on the page of Mir Sashem. And before we do that, let's just review Beis Shammai's answer just to have it clear in our heads before we continue. Look right back at the beginning of the Mishnah, and then we'll come right back to this first long line. Beis Shammai said, We're not allowed to give Chala and Matanos to a coin on Yatif. Whether or not the food was separated today or yesterday, and we added in from the Gemara, the Kasal Kadaitach, and if it was shechted on that day as well. Now, Titania, let's see who that Shita is most similar to. Let's first learn the Shita of Rabbi Huda. Amar Rabbi Huda, lo nechleku beishamayu beishelel ala matanos shehurmu me'erev yom tov shemolichin im ha-matanos shehurmu me'hayom v'shenishchetu me'hayom. So he says that there is no argument in, in the case uh, between Beishamai and Beishelel in a case about the matanos of the kahuna shehurmume erev yom tov that were selected before yom tov, that they can be brought on yom tov with an animal that's shechted. That's not what Beishelel said. Beishelel wasn't talking about that case. Beishelel was talking about either case. It makes no difference if it's before yontov starts or after. Here, we see a difference between before and after Yantif starts, and therefore it can't be like, like Rabbi Yehuda. But anyways, let's finish Rabbi Yehuda's shita. The only question within Rabbi Yehuda's approach between Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel is, are you allowed to bring them on their own? Are you allowed to bring uh, the Matnas Kahuna before Yom Tov without coupling them along with a Matnas Kahuna from An Yantif? And what would be the argument on each side? What was Beis Shammai's argument to be strict and say that you're not allowed to bring these gifts on their own? So it says the Gemara, quoting what we saw in our Mishnah, the quote-unquote Gzeira Shava, The same exact argument that he gave in our Mishnah, that just like we don't allow for us to bring Truma to the Kohen and Yom Tov, so too we don't allow for the Chala and the Matnas Kehuna. Amru lehem beis Hillel, lo, you've totally misunderstood. Again, this is a near verbatim quote of our Mishnah, though it's in a brisa. So this is how Rabbi Yehuda um, narrows down the machlokas beis Shammai beis Hillel. We're only talking about whether or not one is allowed to bring the separated matnas kahuna from before Yantif began. Can I bring that on their own? Or can I only bring them conjoined with a matnas kahuna on Yantif? That's the machlokas beis shamai beis hillel. And, and Rabbi Huda doesn't match with our beis shamai. Now, here is option two. We're, um, I don't know, almost two thirds of the way down, 10 lines or so into the wide lines, a little bit less. Let's try the second Tana of this Mishnah and see if he compares to the Tana of our Mishnah. There is no machlokas between Beishamai that you are allowed to bring the Matanos. Done. 
Now we know Rabbi Yossi doesn't match with, with our base Shammai. Our base Shammai says, you're not allowed to bring them. And Rabbi Yossi says, you for sure are allowed to bring them. So where does Rabbi Yossi say the Machlok? It says his shita is not important for our comparative analysis anymore, but let's learn the rest of his shita. They only argue in regards to truma. That according to within Rabbi Yossi, that Beishamai holds that we, we cannot bring Truma on Yom Tov, and Beis Hillel says Molichin. Beis Hillel done it. How would Beis Hillel argue that you are allowed to bring the Truma? We know that when it comes to the Hafrasha Schala and the Matnas Kahuna, that those are gifts to the Kohen. Utruma Matanu Kohen, and as well Truma can be given to a Kohen. Kishem Shemolichin is Hamatanos. And just like one is allowed to bring the matanos, they can bring the matnas kahuna to a kohen an yom tov, so too one can bring the truma. We would have to assume in this case that the uh, that the truma was already separated because it's usher to be mafresh truma an yom tov. It must just be that it was separated in advance of shkia, and then you're only bringing it on yom tov. And what did Beishamai say back? Beishamai, lo, Beishamai says back to Beishelel, no, you, that's not right. You can't bring truma. I know that when it comes to the matnas kahuna, that you're allowed to separate those out on Yom Tov. That's fine. But when it comes to truma, you're not allowed to be mafresh truma on Yom Tov. So how, basically, are you comparing these two things? So these are the first two shitas. Now, we already had the foreshadow of the Gemara that we know that the Shita of Acherim is the Shita that's going to most align with our Shita of Beis Shammai. That too will be questioned, but let's at least learn that for now, two-thirds of the way down, almost halfway into the wide lines, Yud Beis Mebeis. Acherim Omrim, how does Acherim look at this sugya of the Matnas Kehuna? Says the Gemara, Lo nechleku Beis Shammai al hatruma she'ein molichet. There is no machlokas about Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel in regards to Truma. They both agree that it's usher to bring Truma. Lo nechleku ela al hamatanos. This sounds almost exactly like our Mishnah. If you look up at the top, it sounds exactly like our Mishnah. So let's keep a, a line here. Lo nechleku ela al hamatanos, and then just scan back up at our Mishnah. That Beis Shammai says it's allowed, and Beis Shammai says it's not allowed, Beis Hillel says it's allowed. She Beis Shammai omrim ein molichen, that you cannot give the matnas kahuna to a coin. Oh, so Maybe we should say that the Beishamai of our Mishnah most aligns with the Shita of Acherim, where we're discussing giving the Manas Kahuna to a Kohen on Yom Tov. Seems like a hand-to-glove match. It seems very good. Says the Gemara, Amar Rava, no. Because remember how we started our Gemara with a Kosal Kadaitach? So we teed up an answer. Uh, we teed up a Havamina. Now Rava is going to reject that. And Rava is going to say, apples and oranges. Does our Mishnah say Shechita? Why are you inserting your assumption that Shechita was done here? Maybe the Shechita was done well before Yom Tov. And we have no comparison at all. What does our Mishnah say? And maybe the Shechita was done beforehand. And really, the whole Brisa here of Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yossi, and Acherim is totally not relevant in comparative, comparative analysis to our Mishnah, because our Mishnah is not dealing with a case where the Shechita was done on Yantav, and the Brisa is dealing with a case where the Shechita was done on Yantav. Also, if that's the case, says the Gemara, then Rabbi Yehuda's Shita 
uh, kind of comes back into play. If that's true, that the Shechita was done beforehand, so if we were to look back up at the sheets of Rabbi Yehuda, we may have more of a comparison uh, because he speaks about this in the beginning of the Brisa. To understand this properly, look back at the first line where Rabbi Yehuda quotes the sheets of the first of the wide lines. What does he say? Uh, let's go to the third line. Lo Yes, without shechita. Yes, exactly. So maybe that is where we have a comparison between Rabbi Huda and not Acherim. Says the Gemara, no, 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 that's not right. Really, what we could be talking about is maybe in all cases, maybe even Acherim would agree we're talking about the Shechita was done yesterday. But then if that's true, then the Shita of Acherim and Rabbi Huda are very similar. And that's what the Gemara asks. Ihachi, hainu Rabbi Huda. If what you're saying is that according to both of them, the Shechita took place before Yantif began, and both Rabbi Huda and Acherim are saying that the only machlokas is about whether or not we can bring the matanos, the matnas kahuna on Yom Tov, then Rabbi Huda and Acherim are the same thing. So says the Gemara, Ika This is going to be the difference between them. Yes, you're right. According to Rava's understanding of this brisa, which we tried to compare to our to our Mishnah. The way that Rava understood it is that no shechita was taking place on Yontif at all. And really, it's not a perfect match to our Mishnah in that way. Or at least I should say, it rejects the Havamin of our Gemara that we were talking about a case of shechita that was done on Yontif. The difference between Rabbi Yehuda and Acherim is Ika Benayhu Tfela. What does that mean, Ika Benayhu Tfela? So take a look at Rashi. Rashi is about 20 lines, maybe 20 plus lines from the bottom of the page. Dibur Hamaschil Tfela. Rabbi Yehuda matir letapel ulaholich shel emesh im shel hayom. According to Rabbi Yehuda, he allows for the matnas kahuna from yesterday, from before Yom Tov, to be coupled with matnas kahuna of today, to be tafel, to be secondary to that which is being brought on Yom Tov proper, and that's allowed. And Rashi continues in the third line of Rashi Dibur Hamaskal Tfela, the Acherim, but the other sheet in the Mishnah holds, Sabre Dafilu Lutapel Nami Asre, even if it's going to be brought as a corollary, as a secondary to. Um, to a matnas kahuna anyantiv, that as well would not be allowed. That is the difference between them. How do we paskin? Well, I know we tried to compare Beis Shammai both to Rabbi Yehuda and to Acherim. We don't paskin like either of them. We paskin like Rabbi Yossi. That's what the Gemara says. Amar Rabbi Yehuda, Amar Shmuel, halacha ki Rabbi Yossi. And what was it that Rabbi Yossi said? So if you scan back up into the middle of this brisa, Rabbi Yossi was of the opinion that the only machlokas was in regards to truma, where Beishamai says you are not allowed to bring truma to a coin. You certainly can't separate it. The only question is, can you bring it? And Beishilil would allow you to bring it. The Gemara tells a quick story. Um, we're about 15 lines from the end of the page. Rav Tuvi braid Rav Nechemia have like garba de chamra de truma. He had like a, like a flask, like a leather type of flask um, of wine that was made of truma. And he came in front of Rav Yosef. Remember what we said. The wine is truma. Okay, sorry. Yeah, what did I say? Oh, yeah, no. No, no, no. no. The wine, referring to the wine. Sorry. Garba de chamra, truma. The flask has wine in it that is truma. They went in front of Rav Yosef. And Omar lay, mahu can I bring it to a Kohen today? Remember what we just said. We paskin like Rav Yossi, that the only machlokas between Beis and Beis Hillel in this sugya is whether or not we're allowed to bring truma to a Kohen on Yontif. Beis Hillel was mekel, and Beis was machmir. So Amar Lehi, we can be lenient because we hold like Rav Yossi, and we always hold like 
Beis Hillel. So Beis Hillel within Rabbi Yossi, and within uh, Beis Hillel within, who was it? Rabbi Yehuda Amar Shmuel, within Rabbi Yossi, that's mutter. You're allowed to do that. Oh, so that was that's Taka the Din. And we see the Gemara, that some of the Rishonim discuss this, that when the Gemara gives a Psak and then gives us an Uvda, gives us a story, it actually strengthens the Psak of the Gemara more than, let's say, you just had a, an Amora saying, we hold like X. And another person says, no, we don't hold like X, we hold like Y. And Bididi have a Uvda, I have a story. So when you see a short Misa like this in the Gemara, this little short story about the flask of Truma wine, it really emboldens the Shita of Rabbi Yossi that we actually paskin like him. Okay, let's learn uh, one more uh, little, one more sugya. It's really uh, primarily unrelated. The host of Rava Bar of Hanan, he had a bundle uh, from a mustard uh, bush, the mustard seeds, and they were all in, enclosed in some type of, I guess, kind of like beans are enclosed. I always thought mustard grew just a mustard thing on its own. Apparently, this bush did not grow that way. Omar Lane, and he said, uh, the, the host asked to Shiloh, Am I allowed to break these open and eat them on Yom Tov? So he didn't know the answer. They brought the Shiloh in front of Rava and Omar Lay, and this is a, a, a quote that we've learned in Masecha Shabbos, Molalin Malilos, you're allowed to like roll them in your hand and kind of crack them open that way. And that would be okay on Yom Tov, not on Shabbos, but it would be permissible on Yom Tov. Eisve Abaye. Abaye says to Rava, hang on one second. You're allowed to you know, crack it up before Shabbos and then next day, you can kind of switch hands and all of the chaff will slowly fall away. That's fine at all. But you can't do it on a plate of any kind. And this is more our case. One who does malila on Erev Yom Tov, that's allowed, no problem. Here the Gemara says that you can like, like you can blow on your hand that has in it the chaff and the actual uh, mustard uh, seeds in it, which is what you want. Even on a plate, but you can't use a sophisticated type of sieve or colander or something that would cause this as like regular rules of borers that you can't have a special cleat. So what's the diuk from this brisa? Rava had told us that molalin malilos, even on Yom Tov, that you're allowed to roll them in your hand and crack it open. You can crack open the mustard uh, seeds, uh, even on Yom Tov, that's fine. But the diuk from this brisa is, me'erev Yom Tov in, be Yom Tov lo. Because the language that Abaye quotes from the brisa is very clear. Let's read it again. This line is six lines, five lines from the bottom. Hamolel malilos, me'erev Yom Tov. So how can Rava say that it's on Yontif if Abai has a brysa, that it's not allowed on Yontif? Says the Gemara, three lines from the bottom and the last line for the night. Don't worry, the brysa that Abai quoted is not a kasha on Rava. Why not? Because the Aidi the Tana Reisha Erev Shabbos, 
a famous uh, line that we see in the Gemara, that in order to keep language consistent, to make Mishnais easier to memorize, the ratio which spoke about Shabbos, where Melila on Shabbos is not allowed, where rubbing it and crushing it in your hands is not allowed, that's taka true, that on Shabbos it's usher. so the Brisa wrote, Me'er of Shabbos. And when it came to the Seifa, when we switched gears from Shabbos to talking about Yontem, because the ratio was talking about Erev Shabbos, the Seifa did too, but really, Rava's right, and we are allowed to roll them in our hands and crack them open. We're going to stop right here by Im Kain. Emir Tashem, tomorrow we'll learn Emir Tashem Tublat. I hope so. I hope so, Mir Tashem. And we'll figure everything out. We'll still finish Dafyomi on the same day when we get to June of 2027. But I don't know how this week is going to yet work out. I'll keep you posted. Wishing you all a beautiful night.